With a shortage of healthcare professionals, access to medical care is limited in most of Canada, and the population often endures lengthy waiting times to see a physician. To alleviate this shortage of physicians, Canada has turned to physician assistance. You're listening to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, your host, and with me today is Ian Jones, Physician Assistant and National President of the Canadian Association of Physician Assistants. And we're discussing the expansion of the physician assistant role in Canada. Hi, Ian. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, Lisa. Thank you very much for having me as a guest. Our pleasure. Ian, tell us about the military history of Canadian physician assistants. Well, what's going on in Canada in our past history is that where in the United States the retired military personnel needed a, a civilian equivalent to practice and education to become PAs. In Canada, we've had mid-level providers, the physician extenders in the forces since the 50s and perhaps even longer. And what they needed to do is change the title and then build up the Canadian profession in order to be recognized. So it was from the military going outwards versus in the United States where it was civilians and then military recognizing the advantage of PAs. Well, in 1999, the province of Manitoba passed legislation allowing PAs to practice as clinical assistants. Why Manitoba? I think Manitoba went the PA route uh, very early. First, we had some great people who were involved in and they looked at the problem and they took a look at the best potential solution and they looked at a lot of different models. Bone marrow transplant in Winnipeg was at the verge of shutting down and they needed somebody who could be there on the ward, take care of the patients, and the physician system model fit. So they took a look around, and the time frame was just too tight, too intense. They couldn't produce a PA school. So what they did was they took international medical graduates and registered nurses as well as senior paramedics, and they developed a legislation called clinical assistance, and then with additional training. And then... They were also thinking ahead, realizing that PAs were the solution, so they adapted the legislation so that all qualified PAs could start working in the province. Well, in the U.S., the PA name has always been a struggle, and having that as a precedent, why did you change the name from physician assistant to clinical assistant? Well, it's interesting that here, they didn't want to call any of the international medical graduates a physician. They wanted to keep that title separate. Even physician assistant had uh, connotations of having a higher level of knowledge and professional expertise. The other factor was that they wanted to be able to use the nurses who had a lot of talent and experience, and this is before the uh, nurse practitioner or registered nurse extended practice was in, and nurses objected to be calling physicians anything, so they came out with clinical assistants. Well, I must sense. tell you now that that's changed, and we just passed the legislation that I'm now actually a physician assistant again, and it's great. Well, welcome back. Tell us about the PA pilot project, and what was the structure of the uh, project, and tell us about the outcomes. Well, Ontario is a very populated province. They have huge wait lists. They have a real shortage of healthcare professionals who can take care of the problems. And they realized that they needed to address this, so they developed a pilot project. They wanted to confirm that PAs would work within the Ontario healthcare structure. So they developed 
a pilot project in six emergency departments where they would have a nurse practitioner doing the urgent care fast track, and they would put a PA with a physician, and then they also had clinical nurse specialists. And what they found was that in addition to meeting the benchmarks and seeing patients faster and getting them out of the hospital faster by having a PA there, that they also found that their admission ratio diminished because PAs were trained to coordinate with all the other healthcare providers in the system and use outpatient services and IV services. And the PAs were able to spend the time and find out what needed to be done for the patient and that could keep them out of the hospital. So this discovery has all of a sudden expanded the fact that now Ontario has PAs in over 20 hospitals and the only thing that's stopping our profession from growing is purely the number of PAs we have. The other thing they did in Ontario is that they took a look at where the real needs were. And they had a rehabilitation hospital where they had a family practice doctor who was about to quit. He was saying he didn't have time to do this. His practice was suffering. He needed a better option. And so they looked at a PA. It required someone with some experience who had the formal training to communicate and put him in a rehab hospital. So he takes care of 60 patients. They found that the number of transports they did to the emergency departments has dropped dramatically. The nursing staff are so excited and happy in the fact that they can reach somebody immediately to address problems so that they don't end up having to go to the hospital. Pneumonias are being treated. Urinary tract infections are being treated as soon as they're discovered. So it sounds like the pilot project was a huge success. I think it's a great success. They've even expanded the number of programs they have, educational programs. We have a program at McMaster's, which uses a problem-based education, and they've started a program in a University of Toronto. They're recruiting all over, trying to fill the jobs. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and I'm speaking with Ian Jones, Physician Assistant and National President of the Canadian Association of Physician Assistants, and we're discussing the expansion of the Physician Assistant role into Canada. So Ian, how many PAs are currently practicing in Canada? In Manitoba, we have 60 clinical assistants, of which 15 of them are certified physician assistants who have undergone the formal education program. We're allowed to do a bit more, have less supervisional requirements. Ontario has 60 physician assistants, and the Canadian Forces has 143 positions on their roles. What are the main differences in the way that PAs practice in Canada versus America? Um, we say A a lot after the conversation. <laughs> um, actually, there's not much of a difference. I've practiced in Washington State and Alaska, and coming home to Manitoba, the biggest challenge I had was reassuring the physicians I knew what I was doing. And that's the same with any new graduate, any new provider coming into an environment. You've got to build up that trust and that relationship. In Ontario, their practice laws are through the medical Delegation Act. They don't have formal legislation or regulation of PAs, but they have a practice description or contract which outlines what a PA can do when they have to pick up the phone and call, what they can authorize on their own under these guidelines. Manitoba, I 
would beg anyone to tell the difference between a, an American-trained and a Canadian-trained PA and our work environment. So each province has different practice privileges, similar to the states in the United States, but is there an overall Canadian oversight? There's one national standard for physician assistance in Canada. Okay. We have one scope of practice. We have a occupation competency profile. This document outlines what a PA needs to know for entry to practice. It talks about the pathophysiology. It talks about the relationship, the medical knowledge components, the little details of pulling an object out of an ear or blowing it clear of a nose, those fun things. So let's talk about the awareness of the PA profession in Canada. I know in the United States, uh, it took many, many years for public awareness, and we still struggle with that. How are patients accepting the PAs in Canada? I think one of the interesting things that's happening right now is that when the patient realizes that they're being seen by a physician assistant, the first thought is, oh, when's the doctor coming in? The second thought is, oh, you actually are easier to talk to than the doctor. And the third thing that comes along is, gee, I got in here much faster than if I had to wait to see the physician. So there's a lot of acceptance. We're building the profession slowly. There's a lot of great media press, and that's a two-edged sword. You know, every time you want to sell a newspaper, you need to put a little bit of scandal in it. If you want to give a good news story, there's lots of them out there. What about the acceptance of PAs by the MDs, the nurses, the nurse practitioners? It's so similar to my experience in the history of the United States. Once a nurse starts working alongside of a PA, they start complaining when the PA is not on shift or where are they on the ward. Before that, they're wondering, who is this person? Are they trying to take my job? There's a lot of turf protection. But as people work more and more with PAs, they realize that you know they're actually making my life easier. And similar to the States and in Canada, people are saying, well, how come I don't have a PA? And I even know of a few plastic surgeons who relocated here to Winnipeg who insisted on having a PA added to their contract because they weren't prepared to practice without them. That's good news for our profession. Tell us about the Canadian Association of Physician Assistants. CAPA is a national organization of volunteers that represents Canada's physician assistants on a national and international and even global scale. We started off with a group of military PAs who said, we need to do something, we need to build our own profession. And so they took control of it. They formed a group and has developed. We now have more civilian members in practice than we have military members for the first time, which is nice to know that things are are growing. It's been a long battle. The PAs decided that we need to take control and develop our own educational and competency package so that PAs who are in practice were saying, this is what we're doing. You'll find that if you spend time looking at our competency profile, because of our role and because of our environment, the fact that we have a lot of potential going into northern Canada and small rural communities, we need to have a lot more rural trauma care, emergency medicine skills. We also realize that we need to be better at telehealth and uh, distance communications. So those components have been woven into our uh, our profile. 
So it sounds like everything is moving forward. For the most part, everyone's positive. There's good public awareness. The PAs are excited. So now what's Canada's plan for integrating the physician assistants into the healthcare system? Well, we have a great working relationship with the Canadian Medical Association. They have, from a very early time frame, realized that PAs were a good thing and that PAs will actually help make physician lives easier. But also, more importantly, they realized it was good for patients. If we can improve access to quality care, we're making a difference. So we're developing a toolkit to allow the legislators to see how they can adapt PA legislation or introduce PA legislation to allow us to practice. We're also coming up with education kits so that physicians know that a brand new grad may not necessarily have the experience of a Canadian Forces 15-year veteran who is taking a job for the first time in a, a civilian practice. So we're working on that. We're working to develop educational. We're trying to build bridges with people who do not understand our role. We are working hard to be partners in health. Well, it sounds like you need to build the size of your PA workforce. So what are the opportunities for American PAs to work in Canada? Come on up. Um, (laughs) We have lots of uh, opportunities in New Brunswick is a province in eastern Canada. It's a rural population, and they've decided to use PAs in their emergency rooms and primary care, and they're going to be offering positions up soon. And they have clearly stated that they want certified PAs. That means either American or the Canadian certified. But we only have three civilian schools, and so we have a shortage. We have a lot more jobs than we have PAs to fill them. See, what else is going on? Ontario has expanded their pilot project, so they now have 20 emergency sites that are working up. In Winnipeg, we had such a success with the five PAs we put into one hospital that the other community hospitals are going, uh, well, how come we can't get them? Why don't we have more PAs? Well, tell us how people can get more information so we can send some your way. Well, we have a website, the caopa.com. NET, net, that we are redeveloping and uh, renewing. We have Health Force Ontario. People can Google that and get right to their links. And New Brunswick will be pushing ads quite soon. Well, Ian, I'd like to thank you for all of your effort in the global growth of our PA profession. And thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me as a guest. And once again, thank you for the great work that you and your team are doing with this program. Thank you, Anne. I'm PA Lisa DeAndre Linnell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. And thank you for listening.